Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, August 12th. U.S. equity futures are mixed, so the S&P futures are unchanged. You have mild underperformance in the NASDAQ down about 11 points. That's about eight basis points. Mild outperformance in the Dow, which is up about 45 points. That's about 12 basis points. So continuation of the scene that we've been seeing now since Tuesday. Mild outperformance in cyclical stocks, mild underperformance in growth names. Turning to Europe, the major indices are flat to up about 20 basis points. Um, a few earnings reports in Europe to note insurance is trading very well, up about a percent. You had a trio of um, healthy earnings reports in the insurance space in Europe. Aegon, Aviva, and Zurich Insurance are all among the top stocks in Europe. Um, telecoms are trading well also. Deutsche Telekom is up 2% on back of its report. Um, TUI. The German travel name is rallying about a percent after its release. Um, very strong bookings, positive cash flow. Um, that is helping some of the other travel-related names in Europe to trade decently, although TUI has come in off of its highs. Um, basic resources are the big area of underperformance in Europe, down about a percent. Um, and then Asia was mixed. You had um, declines in mainland China and Hong Kong while um, Australia and India traded decently. Um, so it's another very slow morning as far as macro news is concerned. Again, I think it's going to be the, like this, uh, at least for the remainder of this month. Um, just quickly on the major themes on COVID, you know, the tenor of headlines, the media coverage is still relatively gloomy. Um, you know, the statistics as far as cases and hospitalizations are still um, not moving in the right direction. You are seeing um, you have seen an increase in in uh, the rate of vaccination in the last several weeks, you know, partly due because of, uh, you know, the media coverage being negative and more people, um, you know, getting concerned and going to get vaccines. The vaccine mandates are also a factor. So that's kind of one of the offsets. Um, you know, you have more companies delaying their return to work time timelines. Um, I would just point to yesterday's trading in Southwest, Southwest Airlines. Uh, which traded extremely well despite coming out and saying that it would miss its prior guidance for Q3. I think that really says everything about how the market is um, perceiving virus risk right now. There just is not a lot of anxiety concern in the tape about another major resurgence of COVID having a major impact on either corporate earnings or the broader economy. Um, and I think it was very telling what how love traded yesterday, I think really um, symbolizes that. Um, you know, We'll have to see, obviously, if that is just um, misguided complacency. And if you will see a, a greater downturn in growth, um, you know, China certainly and, and some of the other Asian countries um, are implementing pretty stringent controls. There obviously is a lot less tolerance in that area of the world for any type of transmission spike um, versus in Europe or the US. Um, you know, so you're probably going to see a, a greater uh, reaction in economic activity in that area versus Europe or the US. But I mean, for the time being, again, um, US markets at least are relatively comfortable. And I, and I think all that boils down to really is the mRNA vaccines and the fact that they're still very effective in preventing um, ho uh, hospitalization and then severe illness when it comes to COVID. Until that changes, um, I think the markets will stay this this uh, calm and relaxed about COVID. Um, on the monetary front, so the CPI yesterday, there's a lot of kind of enthusiasm, a lot of talk overnight. U.S. inflation has peaked, et cetera, et cetera, um, and that this is obviously a big talent for the market. You know, I don't necessarily push back too hard on that, although, you know, you still have inflation that's very elevated. And again, you still have a Fed that's going to be tapering. I don't think the CPI really shifted a whole lot. I know there had been some concern about a very accelerated taper that they could finish 
um, winding down the bond purchases by the end of March and that you possibly could start to see earlier rate hikes. Um, you know, I think those risks still exist and maybe a little bit less after the CPI yesterday, but the broader Fed outlook is still very much the same. Um, you know, you are going to see tapering this year. The question more is on pace. Do they finish it by Q1 next year? Do they finish it by Q2? I think for the time being, they're probably going to err on the side of conservatism, which means they'll, they'll have a normal taper, which would wrap things up by the end of June, not March. Um, but obviously that could change. Um, you know, I don't really think the big risk now is is tapering so much as it is, um, you know, updated communications on rate hikes. You're going to get a fresh dot plot um, in a little over a month on September 22nd. I know it's a little early to start talking about it, but, um, you know, I think that's probably the biggest area of uncertainty right now with the Fed is kind of how the guidance on rate hikes evolves going forward. Because I think tapering is very much now the consensus view. You're going to have it this year. It's just a matter of, you know, do they wrap it up, um, you know, three months um you know, again, Q1 or Q2 of next year. On the fiscal front, so you have the Senate now, it's on recess, Congress is on recess. They passed the bipartisan bill, they passed the budget resolution. Um, You know, they're going to come back in September and it's going to be an extremely busy and uh, contentious several months, both intra-party and inter-party. They're both, you know, Democrats are not fully aligned on how they want to move forward on spending and taxes. And then obviously there are massive disagreements between the two parties. Um, You know, so you have to, try to pass those two measures, the massive reconciliation bill, plus the bipartisan bill, plus you have the debt ceiling, plus you have the normal government funding. Um, and then you have a you know a variety of different non-fiscal matters that Congress will attempt to address. So Washington has a lot on its plate um, beginning in September, and that's you know obviously going to be a big, big area of market focus. Um, so those are all kind of the big macro themes. Again, very steady and unchanged. It's kind of been a broken record on all those fronts now for at least several days. Um, on earnings, you had a you know a bunch of names out in the U.S. last night, but again, these are all very small companies that don't really have much bearing on the broader macro narrative. It's all very company specific. Um, looking into the calendar for today in the U.S., um, so you have U.S. PPI and jobless claims at 8:30. Biden will be making remarks on prescription drug prices at around 11:15 a.m. It does not sound like he will unveil any fresh policy initiatives. It's more kind of just highlighting. Um, the components of the his existing proposals, so the existing Build Back Better umbrella of programs, how those initiatives will help to contain prescription drug prices. So I don't think it's going to be, um, you know, some massive new policy. It's more just kind of t- uh, reiterating um, prior proposals. And then on earnings, you have uh, Baidu Dillard's this morning will kind of be the first July end retailer re- to report earnings. So. Um, you know, the July end earnings season uh, kicks off today officially with dealers, but next week is a real big week. You have Home Depot, Walmart, um, Cisco, NVIDIA, and a bunch of others next week. Um, also this morning at Palantir, and then after the close, you have Airbnb, DoorDash, and Disney. Disney is kind of the last big calendar Q2 report, and the season's over. Um, and that is really everything for today, uh, Thursday, August 12th. Thank you for listening.